Well, we pick up today where we left off last week for our final sermon in Romans. Now, as you know, we actually came to the end of Paul's letter uh, a couple of weeks ago. And you probably remember that Paul concludes his letter in a profound way. He ends with a declaration of praise. The very end of Romans 16 is a doxology, an expression of praise to God. Now, again, why is this important? We talked about that last week. Why would it matter that Paul would end this this great book, this great letter, so rich and robust in theology, why would he end it in this way? Well, this is important because for all of its theological meat, Paul does not view good doctrine as an end in itself. Good doctrine is never an end in itself. Rather, the end of doctrine is praise of God. A praise of God, not only with our lips, but also with our very lives. In other words, all theology should always lead to doxology. The gospel leads to worship. And so we pick up today where we left off last week, wrapping up our Roman series with gospel highlights from Paul's letter. And we're doing this so that we can keep before us that which Paul refers to as being of first importance. And Paul says that that which is of first importance is the very gospel itself. And so we're going to hear again Paul's uh, declaration of praise uh, at the end of Romans 16. And then just like we did last week, uh, we're going to again use those verses as a springboard back in to the very heart of Romans. And so before we hear God's word, uh, let's go to him in prayer. O loving Heavenly Father, uh, as we come before you this day and before your word, we thank you. Uh, We we thank you again for your glorious gospel of salvation. And we ask that you would continue to work this good news of Jesus deeper into our hearts and our lives. And that right now, by the power of your Spirit, you would open us to your Word and your Word to us. And it's in Jesus we pray. Amen. And so Romans chapter 16, uh, verses 25 through 27, hear the Word of God. Paul writes, Now to him who is able to strengthen you, According to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ Amen. And this is God's word. Well, again, at the end of his letter, Paul praises God for the beauty and the power of the gospel, of the very heart of Romans. And so let's continue uh, reviewing the gospel uh, where we left off last week, considering those three key theological terms or, or three gospel themes of God's salvation. 
Justification, adoption, and sanctification. Justification, adoption, and sanctification. And again, the basic gist is this. Justification. Forgiven of sin and accepted by God. Adoption. Brought into God's family as his beloved child. And sanctification. Increasingly made to be like Jesus. Forgiven of sin and accepted by God, brought into God's family as his beloved child, and increasingly being made to be like Jesus. Well, last week we looked at the first two gospel themes, justification and adoption, uh, what we might call definitive grace. And so that means that today we're going to look at the third one, uh, sanctification, uh, what we might call ongoing grace. So let's get started. And, and, and to start off, we're going to briefly recap uh, where we were last week. Briefly recap justification and adoption as we transition into the main focus for today. And so I want to do that by using the words of Paul Tripp. Uh, many of you will know the name, uh, biblical scholar, counselor, author, a seminary professor. And Tripp writes this, justification and adoption explain how we enter into relationship with God. In justification by faith, God declares me to be righteous based on the perfect life, death, and resurrection of Christ. In justification, Christ's righteousness is legally credited to my account. Justification removes the sin that separated me from God and gives me Christ's righteousness, making me acceptable to God and enabling me to have a relationship with him. An adoption. Well, adoption also involves my relationship with God. God not only justifies me, he also adopts me. He welcomes me into his family with all the rights and privileges of a beloved child. Justification and adoption give me a full and complete relationship with God. Justification and adoption give me a full and complete relationship with God. So that brings us to our focus today. So from justification and adoption to sanctification. Sanctification, again, the basic gist, increasingly made to be like Jesus. Increasingly made to be like Jesus. And much of Romans 6, 7, and 8 speak to sanctification. And the question, really the question before us today is this. How do people change? How do we grow in Christ-likeness? Which poses another question. And so picking back up with Tripp, who writes, Well, here's a bit of a trick question. As a result of justification and adoption, am I okay? Am I okay? Well, if you are talking about my standing or relationship with God, the answer is yes. Nothing needs to be added to Jesus' work. I don't need to do anything else to secure God's acceptance. 
It is a free gift of His grace. But, but if you are talking about my condition as a person, the answer is no. No, I am not okay. I still struggle with sin daily. And radical change still needs to take place in me so that I can be and do what God has planned. Unlike justification and adoption, which are definitive events, this work of personal transformation is a process. It's an ongoing process called sanctification. Sanctification is the process by which God actually makes me what he has already legally declared me to be in justification. That is, holy and righteous. Well, in in Romans 6, Paul writes this. But now that you have been justified and set free from sin and have become children of God, the fruit that you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. Okay, so what we see here in verse 22 is that the journey of sanctification, it begins when we are justified and adopted and ends with eternal life, when all things are made new. And so that means that in between the beginning and the end, that the whole of the Christian life is sanctification. Sanctification is a lifelong process. Okay, so back to the the question before us today. How do people change? How do we grow in Christ-likeness? Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes my life reflects more of a WWJD philosophy of change. You remember the hats, the t-shirts, the bracelets? WWJD, what would Jesus do? Kind of hearkening back before that in his steps. But the whole idea is that I I look to Jesus as a good example, which he is, but I only look to him as a good example. And so in a difficult situation, I ask, what what would Jesus do? And then when I think I've, I've figured it out, I work really hard to do that. And if I'm struggling, then I dig down deeper and I work even harder. But in the end, I fail. In the end, I can't do it. And it's in those moments that I've missed the good news, that I've missed the grace of sanctification. Because you see, sanctification is not about getting your act together. Because even if you are able to get your your act together for a time, it's still just an act. It's still just a facade. In other words, sanctification is not about mere behavioral modification, but rather about real, life-giving change from the inside out. From the inside out. So, Romans 8, uh, verse 11, Paul writes this. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. And he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And then in verse 29 we read, 
For those whom God foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. To be conformed. To become like Jesus. And so here, in Romans 8... What's being emphasized is the indwelling Spirit who empowers us from the inside out as we are conformed to the likeness of Christ. And so that means changed character. Changed character within first, then leading to changed life, changed living. Sanctification is the process of being conformed into the likeness of Jesus, where we are empowered by the indwelling Spirit who frees us to obey, who frees us to live according to God's will, to live as we were created to live. And Paul refers to the Spirit-empowered life With one phrase. The exact phrase is found at the very beginning of his letter and the very end. Maybe you caught it when I read the passage this morning. The obedience of faith. The Spirit-empowered life is the obedience of faith. Growing in the obedience of faith. And as I said, Paul bookends his letter with that. uh, Beginning in chapter 1 with verse 5 and then at the very end, chapter 16, verse 26. So let's talk about that phrase for just a moment. Well, it's important to note that the obedience of faith is itself an expression of praise. It's an expression of praise because as we are living as we were created to live to God's glory, it's a living doxology. Now, I realize that the word obedience is not a very popular word. We often don't like the word obedience. It, it, It can many times feel oppressive. And that's because we live in a fallen world where power and authority are often abused. But it's not that way with God. You see, the obedience of faith is not oppressive, but rather freeing. It's freeing because it's living in the way that we were created to live. Okay, so think about it this way. For those of you here in person, when you walked into the commons this morning, you, you probably realized the, the VBS decorations point to a water theme. So you walked in, you were underwater. So I, I want you to think for a fish, for just a moment. A fish in the water, is it free? Yes, it is free. There are boundaries But it is free to live within those boundaries, free to live the life it was created to live. Now, someone might argue, but a fish is not truly free unless it could be in or out of the water. But a fish out of the water, water, is it free? No, it's dead. And And so the point is, when we are living in a way that is contrary to the way that we were created to live, it leads to death. And true freedom is living the life that we were created to live. And so sanctification is about growing in the obedience of faith. Okay, so something else that's important to note. Note that it's the obedience of faith. The obedience of faith, not the obedience of self-reliance. Our following Jesus in growing in his likeness flows from faith. 
flows from faith from first to last. I mean, you remember the great verse Paul begins in his letter back in chapter 1, that the righteous, those in Christ, the righteous shall live by faith. That's how we live, by faith. Okay, now that's simple, but that doesn't mean it's easy. And give a simple answer, but it doesn't mean it's easy. And so to be clear, sanctification is actually very hard work. It's very hard work, but it is not working hard out of your own strength. It's the hard work of daily dependence on God, working through His strength in your weakness. It's the hard work of daily repentance and faith. It's the hard work of always relying on the all-sufficient grace of Jesus. Now, if if later you want to read more about this, what Paul has has to say elsewhere, you could take a look at Philippians 2, uh, verses 12 and 13, and 2 Corinthians 12, verses 9 and 10. But what I'm getting at here is is that it's the obedience of faith. And so we are working out, not working for, but working out our salvation as God works in us. Working through His strength in the midst of our weakness. And as we grow in the Christian life, in other words, as we grow in this grace of sanctification, in the words of PCA missionary Josiah Bancroft, We grow in a repenting faith, a trusting obedience, where we will have a decreasing confidence in ourselves and an increasing confidence in the Holy Spirit to transform our lives. Because you see, in the end, it isn't try harder, but rather trust deeper. It isn't try harder, but rather trust deeper. So back when when I was in in middle school and and high school, the sports superstar of the day was Michael Jordan. Hands down. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. In fact, there were TV commercials telling me I wanted to be like Mike. I just, I want to be like Mike. We sang it. We wanted to be like Mike. Mike. And I remember getting my first pair of Air Jordans when I was playing basketball in high school. And here's what's amazing about that. And I know, hard to believe because I am vertically challenged. But soon after getting my Air Jordans, I kid you not, I was able to dunk. I could. I could throw down. Hard to believe, yes. Now, for full disclosure, I did have to lower the goal from 10 feet to 8 But the really neat thing about the goals in our gym is that rather than just kind of lowering straight down, they actually lowered forward, kind of like a crane. And so the rim ended up being closer to the free throw line. So we could actually pretend that we could dunk like Mike, jumping from the free throw line and getting the ball in the hoop. But, you know, when reality hit, what, what it came down to is every single guy on my high school basketball team, we all wanted to jump like Mike and dunk like Mike, but not a single one of us could do it. None of us could do it. 
Now, we could pretend by lowering the goal. Or we could even perform by, by just trying harder to reach something unattainable. But in and of ourselves, none of us could learn to jump like Mike. Well, friends, the good news of sanctification is that it's not about pretending and it's not about performing. Rather, it is about real change in really becoming able to do things that in and of yourself you are unable to do. So let me, let me illustrate it this way. Uh, this, this is an illustration. It comes from uh, William Temple. He lived well before Michael Jordan. But I am going to adjust his illustration to fit our purposes today. Uh, William Temple is the, the Archbishop of Canterbury uh, back in the, the 1940s. And so if he were to give this illustration today, this, this is how he would put it. It's no good giving me a pair of shoes like Air Jordans and telling me to jump like that. MJ could do it. I can't. And it's no good showing me a life like the life of Jesus and telling me to live a life like that. Jesus could do it. I can't. But, but if the athletic ability of Michael Jordan could somehow come and live in me, then I could learn to dunk like that. And if the Spirit of Jesus could come and live in me, then I could learn to live a life like that. And this, says Temple, is the secret of Christian sanctification. It's not that we should strive in and of ourselves to live a life like Jesus, but that He, by His Holy Spirit, would come and live in us and change us. To have Him as our example is not enough. We need Him as our Savior. We need Him as our Savior today, and tomorrow, and every day. And so what that means is we must constantly look to Him. That we must live in continual dependence on Him as we learn to live the obedience of faith. Now again, this is a, a lifelong process of change. A lifelong process. We don't arrive here and now. There are many ups and downs. Sometimes long seasons of, of challenge and difficulty. Sometimes feeling like it's two steps forward and, and one step back. But think of a little child learning to walk. You know, just as a little child struggling and yet still learning to walk on their own. We, as God's children, are also in process in those struggling, yet still learning to walk. But not learning to walk on our own, learning to walk with God. And look, we, we all have trouble with this. We, we all have trouble living within this gospel reality. All of us. We, we too easily forget that we're people in process. We easily get, get frustrated with ourselves, aren't kind to ourselves, and yet God is kind to us. And we, we easily forget that God is actually at work within us as people, a process. And so in our struggle, many of us pull away from deep relationship with God. 
And also pull away from deep relationship with others. And yet that's the only context for for working out our sanctification. Is relationship. I mean, think about the, the great commandment. Love God, love others. It's about relationship. You can't do it in isolation on your own. You can't do it at a distance. Now, there, there are, books can be great, very helpful in learning, podcasts, seminars, webinars. These can be, be, be great in helping us understand things. But insight doesn't equal change. And the change gets worked out. We work out our sanctification with others. Not top down, but side by side on the journey together with Jesus, with one another. And will we continue to struggle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If we're growing, we're going to continue to struggle. And it hurts. It doesn't feel good. But for those of you that are adults, you remember growing up, growing pains. Well, guess what? We're still growing up. We're growing up into the gospel. It's growing pains. Nonetheless, we can and we will experience real hope and real change. Because you see, as we embrace the gospel and sanctification, we discover more and more, we believe more and more that God's Spirit really is at work within us, bringing about real hope, real change, and real healing for broken people. Now again, it is hard work. It is very hard work, but oh, it is so very worth it. And so don't give up. Keep up the good fight. Keep looking to, depending on Jesus. Keep pressing forward by pressing into Him with one another. One step at a time. One day at a time. Each step, each day, by faith. And remember... Remember, as we talked about last week, that all of this takes place within the context of being known and loved by our Heavenly Father who delights in us. And remember that you have been forgiven of sin and accepted as righteous by God. That you have been brought into God's family as His beloved child. And that you are being continually made to look more and more like Jesus. And lastly, remember. Remember that our God is faithful. He is faithful to one day bring to completion the good work that He has begun in each of us. And so brothers and sisters, rest In His grace. The grace of your justification and adoption. The grace of your sanctification. For this grace is ours in Christ. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Oh Lord God. Oh how we thank you. Thank you for loving us. And loving us so much that you gave yourself for us. 
And that you did so, so that you could bring us in and change us. And so we pray now that you would continue the healing work of grace in our lives. And that you would also fill us with the courage and the hope that we need for the journey. And it's in Jesus we pray, and on him we depend. Amen.